Did you have fun? Good. Let's go home and make supper. Welcome to the ND Outdoors Podcast. Welcome to episode 30 of the NDO Podcast. On this episode, we have our Deputy Director, Scott Peterson, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about the upcoming advisory board meetings, um, kind of just a little bit about what advisory board meetings even are and some of the agenda items for this year. Thanks for being on. Yeah, thank yeah. you. What is this? Is your second one? Second yeah. podcast, I third, believe. Yeah. Third, no, third, I bet. You were right. on one with Jeb and then one with your son. That's right. That's oh, yeah, the, the sausage making one. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I, I can't even tell you which one I forgot about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't. Without don't. offending we're, somebody. Don't, yeah. uh, we're still in need of a rebuttal podcast, I hear, from your other son. So. Yeah, oh, he'd love that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm game if you guys are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Sounds good. We got another one on. Okay, get works. us a, a risky business to get into rebuttal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <that's> right. <laughs> Who gets the last word? Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're talking a little bit about advisory board meetings today. They they go on across the state twice a year at this point. But Scott, maybe give us a little bit of insight why these advisory board meetings even happen. So the the advisory board uh, requirements are actually set in in the century code. They're in state law. And, uh, and the Game and Fish Department has eight advisory board members scattered across the state of North Dakota. Each of those members are appointed by the governor. And uh, it's also spelled out that, that four of those eight uh, need to be bona fide farmers and ranchers and, and four need to be sportsmen. And, of course, the reason for that is to give a, a balance between ag and conservation interests. They serve uh, four-year terms, and they can they can each run um, a maximum of two terms, and so eight okay. eight years uh, maximum. And so, in 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 the law and state law, it requires each of those district advisory board members to hold two public meetings in their respective districts each year. So, two a year. Mm-hmm. Typically, um, you know, we have them in in late spring. You know, roughly late April. And, uh, and then the second round is typically in, you know, uh, usually in November. And, we, and, and normally we like to try to hold them after the deer gun season has finished. But this year, mm-hmm. for several reasons, we're, we're, we're going to do that just a little bit differently. Yeah, and so we've changed things up uh, a couple different times over the years. I mean, we've they've been done many different ways with yeah. different directors and trying to um, – you know, and different advisory board members trying to accomplish different things or get meetings to flow decent. But um, yeah, we were talking about this off the air. But I, I even remember uh, for a, at least one cycle we had we hold, held the meetings um, as an open house, open forum. People were set up. We set up a uh, um, you know a, a venue, and people came all afternoon, just a kind of an mm-hmm. open house, open forum type format. And, yeah, and in recent years, we've done. I've been involved in a lot of the ones where we've done two a night, and yep. split people up to go different directions. And then uh, when Jeb Williams got the directorship, the first round we we did them all on different 
nights. So we had eight different nights instead of four nights with two. Try to get um, Jeb especially wanted to go to each one. Yeah, and and then last spring um, we went to the, you know the two meetings each night format, but mm-hmm. that was largely because the legislature was in session at the time. And, yeah, and so that cuts back our, you know, commitment. It's, it's, you know, it's really tough to be away eight nights and, you know, during the legislative mm-hmm. session, but yeah, we talked about that and, and uh, we're going to be just doing um, one meeting per night. So we're yep. sending our, our entire team to each one of those eight meetings again mm-hmm. this fall. And we're doing, like you said, four before deer season and four kind of after deer season. Um, part of that is just to spread the load out because it gets to be kind of a grind when you do eight nights. Um, yeah, we've actually got to even have a couple of them there during deer season. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, just to maybe touch on this a little bit, there's you know we're having three of them in October this year, and I don't. It's been three, okay. I can't remember when we've ever done that. And again, we typically like to have them wrapped up or or start those meetings when the deer season wraps up, but. But there's several things at play this year, and one of them is that if you look at the calendar, the way the calendar falls, we, we, we like to have our deer opener on the Friday just prior to November 11th. And so if you look at that, it can be as early as the 3rd and as late as the 10th. Well, it just so happens that this year the deer opener is on the date that it as late as it can possibly be. Mm-hmm. So what happens then, it, you know, you also run through Thanksgiving, you know, which – kind of horses up the schedule there a little bit. And and then we meet after each round of a district advisory meetings, we meet with the board itself mm-hmm. to discuss what's come out of those meetings and and if there's anything that they want to recommend to us and, and forward recommendations to the governor's office. Uh, and so that meeting has already been scheduled for December 7th. And so as you start looking at those things, you look at the calendar, it's pretty hard to squeeze in eight nights and mm-hmm. do it after the deer season closes. So we just thought, well, let's let's have a few of them in October this year and, and uh, you know, see how people like that. Mm-hmm. Try something different. Yeah, so maybe um, give us a rundown of kind of where we're sitting right now. We, we maybe have one to figure out yet where the location is, but... Right. Yeah. So I'll just go down the list and, and you know, by district. And at, at, uh, at this point, it looks like District 1 is going to be in Watford City. And that would be on October 25th. Um, district 2 is going to be at uh, the Dakota College at Botno in Botno on Monday, October 30th. And, and by the way, to back up a little bit, each one of these uh, will run from 7 p.m. to 9 p.m., sometimes a little over 9 p.m., but they will start right about 7 p.m. Mm-hmm. Uh, district 3... Uh, is uh, our advisory board member there is Ed Dosh, and that will be at Esmond on Monday the 27th. And I neglected to say that our District 1 District Advisory Board member is Bo Wisness, uh, and the District 2 Advisory Board member and the president of our of our advisory board now is Travis Lear out of Velva. Uh, so then dis- District 4 uh, is our, 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 our newest advisory board member. That's Carissa Dawes from Michigan and... Uh, and we're not quite certain yet. We have a date there. That would be Tuesday, November 28th, but we we don't have confirmation on a location yet. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned on that one. Uh, District 5, District uh, Advisory Board member there is Doug Madsen, and that meeting is going to be Thursday, November 2nd at the uh, Fire Hall in Enderlin. And I, I don't, if, of all the ones that I've been to, I don't ever remember being in Enderlin before. That's going to be new for mm-hmm. me. Um District 6, Cody Sand, uh, his meeting will be in Carrington on October 23rd. District 7, Jody Summer, that meeting will be here in uh, in our auditorium here at the main Game and Fish building in Bismarck on 
Tuesday, November 21st. And then uh, Rob Brooks, District 8, uh, his meeting, it looks like this time will be uh, in Dickinson on November 20th. And that's a Monday night. Yeah, and we, we, uh, huh, there we go. Lost that train of thought again. Well, you know, Casey, while, while, while you're trying to retrieve that, and yeah. it's because I have a little trouble with that once in a yeah. while too, retrieving my files from <laughs> up there. Uh, one thing I should mention is that, uh, once again, as has been done in recent years, we're going to live stream the one in Bismarck. Uh, but we've also talked about this with, uh, Jeb and I, and we visited with the advisory board about this that, Moving forward, if the meeting happens to be in Bismarck, we'll probably still try to, you know, plan to live stream it. And that's for the benefit of those folks who can't make it to Enderlin or Watford City or mm -hmm. wherever, you know, Park River, where the, meeting, the meetings happen to be. But we also felt like, um, you know, these, these, these advisory board districts encompass several counties, mm -hmm. in some cases maybe five or six. And, and, and District 7 here uh, in Bismarck encompasses a lot of counties. And so it's a little unfair for the folks in the rest of that district, say, uh, you know, to require it to be in Bismarck because logistically it's just a lot easier for us to live stream it when it's in the Bismarck office. Um, but we, we just felt like we're not going to, we shouldn't require that because if, if the Turtle Lake Wildlife Club, for instance, wants to host it, they should be able to do that. And, mm -hmm. and our, and our, and our constituents or our customer base from those areas should have an opportunity to go to a meeting without having to drive to Bismarck mm -hmm. each year. And so, um, and so we've, we've relayed that to Jody and yeah, so don't, don't feel obligated to have to have it in Bismarck. That's entirely his call, but mm -hmm. we just didn't want him to feel like that it was a requirement on our part. Yeah. So, so I did retrieve my thought. No. Oh, nice. Yeah, very good. Yeah. So I'm more of a pointer. You're more of a pointer. <laughs> I, th I thought I saw. I had, so. to, I had to chase I, mine down. Yeah. I thought I saw a little flash yeah, over there. Yeah, did. That must have been it. <laughs> and so a lot of times, you know, folks can go. They can go online and find out which district they live in. They can come to any of these meetings. These are all just open public meetings. But sometimes, if you come to the the meeting that is in the district that you live in. If you go online and find those counties under advisory board member districts, um, there'll be some more kind of district specific information that may come out. There may be things that get discussed on certain lakes in the district yeah. or, or certain things that are happening in the district. And so that's just for people. It's unique to their area of the state. Yeah. That's correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. I guess I would imagine depending where you live, like a different districts meeting could be closer to you. Than could be technically your districts yeah. and and once in a while and and i mean we should mention this too that it's up to the the uh, advisory board member to locate or to decide that's their call that's mm -hmm. that's not something we typically try to dictate to them because it's it's up to them which area of their district they want to try to get you know uh their constituents mm -hmm. and most input from but sometimes it just the way it the way it happens once in a while you'll have a couple of them that show up within 30 40 miles of each other in district different districts mm -hmm. yeah yeah and they do that like you said earlier to just kind of give people an opportunity to not have to travel so far and still be able to get to an advisory board meeting right every once in a while right so in yeah it, our advisory board meetings have typically the last few years have been run an open hour to start with at seven where we just kind of go what's going on in your district um and then, uh, then there's usually some specific presentations that we want right. to discuss as we go through. Yep. 
That's exactly right, Casey. Um, we, we like to set aside, you know, the first hour or maybe a little more if, if the, if there's a lot of good interaction in the cloud is, or the crowd is very interactive. It, maybe sometimes it'll go a little bit longer than an hour uh, just to get, you know, comments, questions. What are you folks thinking? What, uh, mm-hmm. Looking for maybe some suggestions and, and, uh, and, and then that second hour, we usually like to dedicate f- to, you know, to bring up a few topics that we, we always think are pertinent and timely that we want our, our customer base to hear about, mm-hmm. you know, things that we, we're looking, a lot of times we're looking for some public input on some ideas. And, and, and so that's, you know, that's, that's what we dedicate that second hour toward. And then if we get through those and there's 15, 20 minutes left, we'll open it back up, you know, until mm-hmm. nine. And, and we're usually there till a little after nine anyway. It never just, you know, fold things up and walk out the door at nine o'clock. Yeah. We usually like stick around and visit with folks and mm-hmm. for a yeah. little bit afterwards. Because there's a, there's a lot of cases where a lot of good information comes in after everything's kind of over and people just kind of want to have a discussion right. one-on-one or there's, a, you know, a few people that are interested in a certain topic and you can kind of go back and forth and we usually have a pretty good uh, pretty good base of Game & Fish employees at this to answer almost any question at yep. some level. So. Right, yep. We, we try to have a representative there from each of the divisions. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like you said, Casey, to just to, you know, to try to answer any questions that, that may come up. And, I, and uh, you know, and once in a while you get a question that you can't. And, we, and so we're, we're always pretty diligent about following up on those as well. Mm-hmm. Over the years, you know, um, I, I've noticed, I'm sure you have too, that uh, in those spring meetings, April meetings, typically are driven around fishing issues, mostly, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but in the fall, you know, in those November meetings, that's that's hunting and and even more specifically deer hunting because that's mm-hmm. fresh in people's minds and so deer hunting usually dominates the the open forum session of those of those late fall meetings but you know you hear a lot of different comments and questions and and get some good ideas from time to time so mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah so what do we have on this year's slate of well um one of the things uh we have a uh we have earmarked on there to talk about uh, to get a, a fisheries update, and and within that update, we're going to spe- specifically talk about. Excuse me, <laughs> easier for me to say, right? Uh, some potential fishing regulations sh- changes because we've got some admin rules coming up, and and we're going to talk uh, uh, some proposed admin rules changes mm-hmm. coming up. We're going to talk about that. Uh, and, we ha- we and also with the fisheries stuff that we're on the a two year cycle for the fishing proclamation, and that's coming up. Uh, April 1st. So April 1st, yep, so we'll be exactly. talking about any changes in that. Uh, we also uh, want to do a, I guess this would come from our communications um, section, that, w- that we want to talk about, um, just throw out a pitching an idea about how we provide hunting and, and fishing guides. Mm-hmm. And, and we're, you know, we're in a day and age where, you know, we're trying to go digital as much as we possibly can. And so we're, we're looking for some feedback on, uh, you know, the possibility of, of not providing all of the guides hard copies, right, mm-hmm. as we get mailed out and licensed. So we want to get the public's input in on that. Uh, we're, go- we're going to give a, an electronic posting update, maybe try to gather a little input from the folks out there on some ideas on how to tweak it, mm-hmm. make some upgrades and that sort of thing. Yeah, because that, that's been in place now for, what, three years about? Yeah, I believe that's right. over three yes. years. Yeah. So, yep. you know, the system 
is getting to the point where it's getting, you know, pretty reliable with information coming in and stuff, whether it's those county parcel layers and, and some of that stuff took a while to get everybody up and running with a new system and all the kinks worked out. But And I think people are getting more comfortable with how to read them, find mm-hmm. them, you know, uh, yep. how to view that information. Mm-hmm. We we want to talk a little bit about, um, well, the, the, the subject matter talks about future refund changes or new payment processing. And really what that is is just a little different way in how we take payment when someone might apply for a lottery license. Mm-hmm. Um, we think that folks will be really receptive of this. Um, but again, it's one of those things we'd really like to get their input before we implement it. Um, and then lastly, the, I mean, and, and again, these are just the topics that we have on there. We always uh, do a big game update. Mm-hmm. Um, our wildlife division chief just does an outstanding job yeah. of giving those big game updates. Yeah. And, and so, you know, th- those those come back by popular demand. Oh, okay. popular yeah, demand. yeah, where's Casey? It's just always the hot topic. I don't think <laughs> yeah. it has anything to do with the chief. <laughs> you know, it's, it's actually both, I think. And, yeah, and so, you know, big game big game updates, mm-hmm. uh, that, that can – you know, we can go down a lot of different rabbit yeah. holes with that one, but that mm-hmm. usually covers a lot of, a lot of uh, different yep. subjects, and so yeah, there'll be. Um, of course, there <coughs> may be some legislative stuff that we're you know working on implementing, like that depredation elk um, antlerless license, and so we'll give an update on some of that. And then, of course, you know we're not we're not going to get out of one without doing some sort of CWD update. Um, and we had some changes in the proclamation too that we yeah we'll touch on a little bit and by that time we'll have some numbers from the fall mule deer survey yep. people are generally mm-hmm. interested in those and and again you know it's just good to hear about you know how did how did everybody's deer season go mm-hmm. hopefully we have a little more favorable weather than we did last year yeah well they won't know in the october meetings yet no well that's right <laughs> yeah yeah you know randy Kryle, our former wildlife division chief and i used to joke about this but there's a certain segment of the deer hunting public you know that every year said geez i really hope we get a tracking snow yeah <laughs> well, we got one last year <laughs> one last year and yeah. i don't know if it yeah. panned out the way they, <laughs> way they wanted it to yeah speaking of that do you have any i feel like over the years you'd have some interesting advisory board travel stories Oh yeah, oh. there's <laughs> a know. lot of them. Yeah, we well. Over so, the I mean, years, it just seems like some weather would. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of times, just for people's information, it's like we're we're out at one of these meetings, and we may not be getting back till midnight or later in some of these things. And you know, you can imagine, especially when we were having a lot of them in the end of November, into December, you get some pretty interesting yeah. ones. But I think you and I came back from a blizzard. I think out <laughs> of in Park River, Fortville, yeah. in the middle of a blizzard, it was touch and go with a little dodge uh i don't know it was a dodge sedan that, that car yeah. yeah avenger <laughs> avenger, yeah, it was an go, avenger. Yeah. we went through a drift over by herdsfield that uh, <laughs> if it had been another 10 yards longer we would have been there for the night <laughs> yeah oh, gosh yeah yeah, yeah. bill I, haas and i one time coming back from up in the northeast it was about 20 miles an hour all the way back <laughs> it was a little I, bit rough uh, maybe I'll use this opportunity to tell you a little humorous story that 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 happened during one of our, uh, and I'm going to pick on myself. I'm not going to throw anybody else under <laughs> well, the bus. But me, we were, yeah. uh, Jeb and I and, and uh, Pat Lostbike went to a district advisory meeting at Dickinson, and it was to be held at the Eagles Club. Well, we parked. I, you know, in fact, I used used to live in Dickinson, so I should have known where the Eagles Club was. But we parked around this corner downtown street. 
and uh, and Jeb, he, he grabbed his stuff and headed across the street, and we were parked around the corner. And I asked Pat if he needed a little help, you know, carrying some extra stuff in there. So I grabbed the box, and I went around the corner. And, and right around the corner was a, uh, a building, a business that was fully lit up, people milling around in there. There was even an American flag out front. And so I walked in. And uh, and I and there was a, a group of four or five guys standing around, and uh, I'm holding this box, and I said, "Hey, uh, I'm Scott Peterson, Game and Fish." I said, "Where would you like us to set up?" And one of those guys, you know, they kind of looked at each other, and, and finally one of them turned back to me, and he said, uh, "For what, Scott?" <laughs> he, said, <laughs> he said, "Well, uh, Game and Fish uh, district advisory meeting," and he says. Points out the window. He said, you know, I wonder if you're not across the street at the Eagles Club. <laughs> and, uh, I said, you know what, I bet, I bet I, you're right. I wonder if you're not right. <laughs> yeah. And so I walked out, and I thought, do you suppose anybody saw that? And right in front of the in front of the building was one of our district wardens sitting there watching the whole thing. So I thought, well, I might as well just fess up and get it out of the way. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a lot. Over the years, there's been a lot of those kinds of stories. And yeah. Some we can share, some we can't. Yeah. Or you, you used to, like get in the vehicle with Dean Hildebrandt, you know, <laughs> and coming back from an advisory board meeting, he'd typically ask you a question and then fall asleep mm. while you were driving. Yeah. You know, like I'm driving back and he asked me a question. I'm rambling on pretty soon. You look over, he's, <laughs> he's out. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> well, tell you one more. I said, I wasn't going to throw anybody under the bus, but our former director, Terry Steinwan, I think it was you and he were heading down to, to Oaks, right? Stopped mm-hmm. at a convenience store to grab a Diet Coke and whatever. And he walks out of there and he gets in this car thinking it was you. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. He looked like, over in the driver's seat and here was this lady looking at him like, what are you <laughs> oh doing my in my car? <laughs> uh, so oh, yeah, gosh, get, that's bad. When yeah. you get into late nights and things, it gets, uh, yeah. you always get a story out of it somewhere, yeah. it seems like. Yeah, like Casey said, you know, when you're in the, you know, Park River, for instance, and you and you don't you know, you don't get done till 9.15, hit the road at 9.30. And it's not that we couldn't stay, but I think we've all reached a certain age where we'd rather sleep in our own bed, even if we don't get mm-hmm. home till 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, yeah, I already t- reached that age. Yeah, 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 it doesn't take long. There was a time you and I were, we used to, uh, had a plane, went to Devil's Lake, and the starter went out on the plane. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so we had to somehow we got hooked up, line we up got a, a car. ride back from... Somebody well, worked at the attorney general's office, he, I think, right? I think so. And he happened to be taking a car back to Bismarck for his mom or something. And So it was and you and I and Bruce Burkett in, yeah. a, in a Crown Vic. <laughs> in a Crown Vic. <laughs> it's a comfortable ride. Yeah, I'll yeah, give it from that. From Devil's Lake back to Bismarck. So we got yeah. to know this gentleman pretty good because yeah. he, <laughs> he had to drive us back for three hours. So, yeah. I will I will say this about, about what I've noticed also from a little personal perspective. You, you know, we all know that... You know when when the when COVID hit and and it, it made it virtually impossible to go out there and do these things on the road and so we um, you know we held them we live streamed them and it was the mm-hmm. only way that we could hold the meeting and still um, be able to adhere to state law you know mm-hmm. uh, but you noticed that I, I think even in that short amount of time not having a face to face interaction with the public I think you start to lose some. Uh, some communication, you, you start to lose connection. some connection. You start also maybe start to lose a little bit of trust mm-hmm. from the public. And so we view these things as, is it an obligation? Certainly. But but it's a good opportunity to mm-hmm. hear what our, you know, our customer base is thinking from yep. all across the state. And, uh, and, and a lot of the positives 
comments we get, you know, they're great, but maybe as equally important are the negative ones. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're not perfect. Yeah. And uh, I think you've actually had a podcast about that, right? That we mm-hmm. don't deal in perfection. And so we, it's important for us to hear from those folks what, what they think we could be doing better or differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the interesting thing is you get out there and you get, <clears throat> maybe get to meet a few new people. Yeah. You know, that you haven't run into before. And so. Um, and, and, and on the other hand, there's, there's always some familiar faces. I was going to say, there's oh, some yeah. oh, committed constituents. Too. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, so you get you, to meet new people and see old friends. Yeah. That's right. right. Yeah, yeah, it's a good way to put it because you can yeah. always count on certain people being at, at certain mm-hmm. meetings. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I've heard stories of like someone in the third chair from the right is going to ask this specific question or something. And <laughs> it, it's also interesting from a, again, from a personal perspective that there, there are times when you know, sometimes it's diff- it's difficult to, um, you know, to draw too many conclusions from some some of those meetings because I've been in, I'll just give you an example, and you, you've been to these two mm-hmm. cases where in the same meeting you'll get one, you know, one landowner that says, you know, you guys probably shouldn't even have a deer season in my area because mm-hmm. I just, I'm, I don't have that many deer around here. And five minutes later, you might hear from another landowner who said, man, I'm being overrun by deer. You should have increased the, the licenses. And, mm-hmm. and the, the point is they're both right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but from, mm-hmm. from those kinds of meetings, it's hard to go home and say, well, you know, we either need to increase the tags or decrease the tags because, you know, some of those districts are pretty big. You're talking four, mm-hmm. five, six counties, you know. Um, and I'll also remember not that many years ago, we were at a, an advisory board meeting in Esmond. And, and, and we're heading back there, and, and uh, one of the gentlemen in the crowd, was he's an avid fisherman. He says, you know, he was just asked it, posed it as a question. He said, you guys ever ever really consider slot limits? He said, because I spend a lot of time at the fish cleaning stations. And he said, I'm seeing a lot of small fish being cleaned. Okay, About two nights later, we were in Stanley, and a gentleman in that crowd posed the same question, only just a little bit different twist. He said, you know, I... Have you guys ever considered a slot limit? Because I fish on Sakakawea a lot, and the first one was from Devil's Lake. This guy said, I fish on, on uh, Sakakawea a lot. He said, I spend a certain amount of time at the fish cleaning station. He said, I see an awful lot of big fish being cleaned. <laughs> it's like, okay, there again. <laughs> yeah. Which one's right? You know, mm-hmm. they both are, but yeah. it's just a matter of how you perceive things. And so, mm-hmm. I don't know if there's a whole lot more we want to touch yeah. on with advisory board, Scott, unless you can think of something. No, uh, no. Uh, the only thing I would add is that, as always, um, if you're interested in in, uh, in attending one of those, you want a list of the a current list, an accurate list of where and when they're going to be held, go to our website, yep. uh, gf.nd.gov. Uh, our communications folks do a great job of, you know, of, of detailing those when they're going to be and where they're going to be. And they're always, again, they're always from 7 to 9 local time. So, right. of course, the one in, mm-hmm. in Dickinson will be 7 mountain time. So mm-hmm. keep that in mind as well. Sometimes makes the night a little later, too. It does. Yeah, it really <laughs> Maybe does. that's what threw you off when you yeah. walked into the wrong. <laughs> well, yeah, let's go with that. Okay. Let's okay. Go with that. <laughs> so... Any tags this fall, Scott? Uh, I have a, I have a a, a white-tailed doe tag. Okay. In two K two, and I also I've been an archer for the last five six years, and so I an avid practicing archer right here. <laughs> that's yeah. that's correct. Yeah, I got to get my practice in, <laughs> yeah. Kayla. That's right. Yeah, practice makes perfect, you know. <laughs> and so yeah, I hope to get out and do a little a little pheasant hunting. My my golden retriever's getting up there in years. He's 11, 11 and a half now, and so we're going to have to be a little 
selective and maybe, you know, the days of us walking for miles and hunting for hours with, with that guy and is, uh, you know, maybe he's saying the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I hey, laugh about you know, this because it on the dog. He's yeah. getting up there, so all right, I better. About about three years ago, uh, if you go by dog years, um, I said that fall we were both sixty, so we we should have been hunting at exactly the same pace, right? If you believe the fat, you know, buy into this theory that a, a dog's dog years are like seven. Seven, and, yeah, yeah. So yeah. Man's got a while to catch uh, for me to catch up to him. He's only two, so he runs around oh, yeah. like a wild yeah. man right now. Yeah, oh, he will. He will. <laughs> That's the problem with dogs is they, they go from puppies to old dogs, it seems like, mm-hmm. overnight. Yep. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll get into the department droppings. Um, kind of tis the season, so lots of things open right now. But uh, mink, muskrat, and weasel trapping open on October 28th. Yeah, and we've got. Most of the hunting seasons are open. We should have pheasant season rolling and everything by the time this podcast come out. So, Yeah, so just a reminder to on our Hunt for Tomorrow campaign, just make sure you're being respectful out there um, of the land that you're accessing. You know, leave gates as you found them. Don't block roadways and approaches. Um, be, you know, be mindful of where you put your carcasses. Don't leave them right there in the ditch. Um, just maintain a good image for hunters while you're out there this fall. Another thing I'd like to mention, too, is the we've been getting some moisture lately, and roads are not as travel travelable. There's one of those words that'll mess you up, too. Worse than specifically. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so just be super cautious on, you know, keeping roads in, in good condition and not tearing them up. Um, you know, they could be pretty wet, or you could run into a spot that's pretty wet. So, And it's obviously also prime harvest season, mm-hmm. so... Well, now that we've dropped the droppings, you can get off the pot and get outdoors. 